Pentecost is one of those <clears throat> feasts of the church where everything kind of comes together. And last night, my mind was so kind of all over the place that I was thinking about all the things I was trying to fit into the sermon, and I put on the wrong vestment. And I didn't even realize it. I got up to the altar last night at the 4.30 Mass, and I was wearing white. And uh, I was like, oh, wait, it's Pentecost. And I, I thus confused God, and he's like, Brian... Pentecost, right? Um, so much today. There's so much to hit. Today is such a powerful day. There's two main things that we're going to look at. Today, we're going to see that the church of God is not something that was developed through time and kind of was a good idea that people came up with, but that it was directly instituted by God today. And that at that moment, the church was Catholic from the very moment of her birth. We're also going to see today that you and I, right, that if to be a Christian, if we want to live a deeply Christian life, the soul of a Christian life is the Holy Spirit. And then if we want to find that joy, we have to turn to the Spirit. We have to learn how to listen for His voice. And that will transform the way we live our life. So when I was first learning to drive, you, there's a lot to remember. And you get kind of nervous. I don't know about you, but I went driving once with my dad, and he stressed me out way too much. So I was like, that's it. You're done, Dad. You're fired. <laughs> right? Mom's actually merciful. Get out of the car. <laughs> and uh, so I learned the rest of the time with my mom. But one of the things that was hard for me to remember was to take the handbrake off. And I don't know if you ever do that. I still, every once in a while, do that. You'll be like driving down the street. You're like, man, what is wrong with this Subaru? Right? These people don't make cars very well anymore. And then you're like, oh, yeah. That was me. I love that image. That is a little bit like our faith. Brothers and sisters, so many of us, we experience as Christians our faith as something that's almost like it's just not driving the way it's supposed to. Right, and our, our faith sometimes can be burdensome and difficult, and there's going to be moments like that. Do not get me wrong. Christ asks us to pick up our cross and follow him. But if we don't live from the Spirit, it's like driving your car with the brake on. Right, Christianity is not primarily about, here's this moral law, here's this set of obligations, and to be a Christian is to say, gosh, I'm going to try and live that. If you try to live that law without the Spirit of God living inside of you, you're driving with your handbrake on. You're going to experience the faith not as something that gives you life and joy. You're going to experience it, and this is a sign, if you experience your faith as something that's arduous and burdensome, you're not living from the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit breaks into your life, it, He doesn't take away the obligations and make everything externally easier, but He does transform your heart. So today in Acts of the Apostles, we get to this Acts chapter 2. It's such a cool scene. And, and Acts, by the way, is the second half of Luke's one book. 
So St. Luke tells us, and he wrote both, Acts of the Apostles and the Gospel of Luke, and he tells us at the beginning of Acts of the Apostles that it's the second half of the same story. And we come to chapter 2 where we were at today, and we heard this, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all gathered together in one place. Now when we read the scriptures, as a church, brothers and sisters, we're called to listen attentively and prayerfully. And something right there should throw us a little off guard. It should make us scratch our heads. We're used to thinking of Pentecost as a Christian feast day. Right? And so it says Pentecost had come, but how can we know Pentecost had come if it hasn't happened yet? And the reason we miss that is because Pentecost is not first a Christian feast day. It's a Jewish feast day. Now I know you all know that because Leviticus 23 and Deuteronomy 15 are your favorite chapters. I know. I'm the same way. I go home at night. I'm like, I just can't get to bed without my Leviticus 23. Can't do it. But in case you forgot, Leviticus 23 outlines seven feasts. God gives seven feasts to the Jews. And there's three big ones within those seven. And one of those is Pentecost. So it's a Jewish feast day. It's not a, a primarily or a first off. It is not a Christian feast day. And so the, 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 pr the pattern, right, of the scripture is not that we throw out the Old Testament. It's that it's fulfilled in Christ. Right? The, the Christian feast days build off of the Jewish feast days. So what's Pentecost? The Jews call it the Feast of Weeks. The, the Pentecost is a Greek word, like all good things. And Pentecost means 50th. Because it's the 50th day. Now, who can tell me extra brownie points of your priest? 50th day from what? Passover. Very good. You get to give the next sermon, Mike. I told the last mass. All, everybody knew it. I was like, man, we have like the best educated Catholic congregation ever. We're going to start. You're going to put in your name into a box when you come to mass, and we'll draw out names for who gives the sermon today. That'd be fun. Less pressure on me. So anyway, so 50 days from Passover, the Jews understood, brothers and sisters, the Exodus is the story of Jewish identity. And so the, the Jews, right, on Passover, they're freed from slavery. The Passover lamb is slain, and they're released from Egypt. And 50 days later, they celebrate Pentecost. What is Pentecost? What is that feast for Jews? It takes them six weeks to get to Mount Sinai as they travel through the desert, right? If, if I was really feeling tacky, insert male driving joke here, but we're not going to go there. But six weeks, they, they walk to Mount Sinai, and they get there, and then they camp out at the bottom of Mount Sinai in Exodus 19 for a week. And then on the 50th day, God gives them the greatest gift that is given in the Old Testament. He gives them the thing that makes them Jews. And it's the moment the Jewish people understand that they became a nation. And that gift is the law. And so to this day, when Jews celebrate Pentecost, 
They celebrate the giving of the law of God. Fifty days after Passover. One more thing you'll notice. When the Jews come to Mount Sinai 50 days after Passover, the way they encounter God is God descends on Mount Sinai with fire. You're beginning to see how the Feast of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 is the fulfillment and the elevation of the Old Testament feast. So let's, let's just spell this out a little bit more. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, St. Paul tells us that Jesus Christ is our Passover. Right? The Jews were slaves in Egypt, and they were freed by the Passover, by the last uh, plague, the Passover plague. That's our story. You and I were slaves to sin. And Jesus, our Passover sacrifice, died and rose from the dead for us to redeem us from our slavery. And then 50 days pass. And here we are, and again, just like the Jews, we encounter God with fire from heaven. One last point, this is so beautiful. The Jewish word, when, they, when the Jews are encamped below Mount Sinai during that time, there's a word that's used in the Old Testament for that gathering. The word is kahal in Hebrew. In the New Testament, when that word's translated, the translation for kahal is ecclesia, which is where you and I get the word church. Today, brothers and sisters, the Feast of Pentecost Jews celebrate on that day, they celebrate the foundation, the giving of the law, which made Israel a people. Today, on the Feast of Christian Pentecost, we celebrate the birth of the church. So first point this morning, I know I've already made like five, but let's just call it number one. First point today, brothers and sisters, is that the church, when she's born, right, the church is Catholic at her birth, right? The ch and, and God directly created the church today. Pentecost is the birth of the Catholic church. We have always seen it that way. The Bible sees it that way. Today is the day God gave us the church. Big point about that. I'm used to thinking of Christianity in a certain way. I think the, the modern world sees things this way, is that, you know, it's best to start things from the ground up. And I tend to think that way. I think Catholicism in our time needs to be renewed. And I think the way to do that is to create small places like Lourdes where we invite God to enter in, in a huge way, and hopefully that spreads. And I think we look back at the early Christians and we think that must have been how Christianity started. Started small in one place and then began to spread. And it kind of makes sense. But Acts of the Apostles today tells us that that is not how the Catholic Church started. It didn't start with one success that spread to others. 
at the birth of the church, God acted from heaven. He directly willed the church, and the church was universal. So listen to this. It says, Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. The word Catholic means universal. And there were Jews at the moment of the church's birth from every nation under heaven. St. Luke lists those out. The crowd says, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? And then I always feel bad for lectors. They have to go through the Parthians and Medes, Elamites, Residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. And then my two favorite travel destinations, Phrygia and Pamphylia. Awesome spots. We don't recognize those names. If, but if you go to an ancient map, and you take all the names that St. Luke lists there, those are all the nations of the earth that the Jews knew about at that time. And so the moment the Spirit falls, the very first moment, not later on, but the very first moment, the church is Catholic. She is universal. She belongs to every nation, or actually every nation belongs to her. So powerful. The second point is this. Brothers and sisters, to be a Christian, right? Too many of us live with our handbrake on. When I was at my last church at Immaculate Heart of Mary, there was this guy I used to work out with. And he was like super fit, but I'm a prideful priest, right? And so I was like, whatever. Like, <laughs> I'm going to take this guy down. And so we used to work out together all the time. And uh, his name was Micah. And I was, like, always designing our workouts, and I kind of maybe stacked them to, like, my advantage. And I kept trying to look for the workout where I, whereby I would destroy Micah, humiliate him, and be exalted forever. But it never worked. Micah always destroyed me. And, in fact, one of the harder workouts that we did one time, he wore one of those, like, 50-pound vests, and he still beat me. And I was like... I hate you. <laughs> You're making me a bad priest. But imagine this. I was thinking about this this morning in, in prayer. Imagine if Micah took that vest off. Right? Imagine that. He would just feel like he was set free as a new human being. You and I, so oftentimes, we're going through Christianity with a 50-pound vest on. And the Spirit, the New Testament is so emphatic, brothers and sisters. If you're going to be a real Christian, the only way you can do that is if the Spirit of God lives inside of you. When that happens, when God comes to live inside of you, the law of God is no longer a burden. It's a joy. Right? You know those those Christians we all encounter sometimes and 
they're just so happy and you totally judge them in your heart. I do that with Tim a lot. You could be that Christian. Other people could be judging you, right? <laughs> awesome. But all joking aside, that's what God wants, brothers and sisters. God wants us not to struggle through our faith. But he wants to set us free. He wants to live inside of you. In the Old Testament, one of the big problems is that the law of God is too hard. The Jews didn't need a new law. They didn't need to know what was right and what was wrong. It's just that they couldn't live it. And I don't know about you, but that describes me a lot of days. Jesus, I know how I'm supposed to live. I'm not ignorant. Lord, I know that I am supposed to live with faith and hope and love. I know I'm supposed to live chastely with obedience. And I am supposed to grow in poverty. But I, I know these things. I know I am supposed to love my enemies. I know I am supposed to be humble. But I struggle. I struggle to live up to what I am called to be. The Old Testament has that story, brothers and sisters, and so do I. I feel like you guys always look at me like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> my, my Christian faith is just so easy, right? God says this through the prophet Ezekiel. He says, a new heart I will give you. And a new spirit I will place within you. I will take out of your flesh the heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. Don't you feel like that some days? Or my heart's just hard. It's callous, it's heavy. I will take out of your flesh the heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk by my statutes. You see, when God gives you a new heart, following his law brings life and joy and fulfillment. And the problem isn't that the law is bad, the problem is that our hearts have been turned to stone. Are you driving with your handbrake on, brothers and sisters? Do you have a 50-pound vest on in your walk with Christ? Have you realized yet that you can't do it by yourself? That you must cry out to Jesus and to the Father to pour his spirit to give you a new heart. It's the only way you'll ever be a Christian. It's the only way any of us can ever do it. So I want to leave you with this today. How do we do that? How do we have more of the Holy Spirit in our life? Jesus, how do I listen to the Spirit? How do I allow Him to renew me 
to strengthen me, to make me obedient and faithful and joyful. At the end of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is fallen on the apostles and they speak to the crowd. And then Peter gives this long speech. And he finishes that speech and it says that all the people there, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Love that. They hear the word of God and that's what the word of God should do for us is pierce our hearts. They were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? I hope you feel that way this morning. I hope you're saying, Lord, that's me. I've been driving with my handbrake on. I want to live your law, but I struggle. And I limp along the way, and I wish I could be set free. What should I do, Jesus? How do I follow you? Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here's the good news for you today, brothers and sisters. God already gave you the Holy Spirit. You already have him. The day you were baptized, if you've not been baptized, talk to me after Mass. You might do it right then. If you, the day you were baptized, God poured the Holy Spirit into your soul. But for so many of us, He's inactive, and I think He's inactive because you and I have not repented. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, stir that into fire. Today, God desires your faith to be something that fills you with joy and with eternal life. But you have to repent of your sins. You have to turn to Him and I need to turn to Him and I need to say, Jesus, today, and I mean this, Lord, right now, Lord, I repent of my sins which are many. Lord, I repent. Lord, I want to live that new life. I want to fulfill the law. I want a new heart. And Jesus, I can't do it by myself. Lord, right now at this 11 a.m. Mass, Jesus, I repent of my sins. And Lord, I beg you for your spirit to be poured out on me and on my church that I love. 